The Rockets are on fire. Grant's getting drunker, and Gus Bradley is gone. Also, Drunk Sports is gone, at least for the rest of this year, because this is the last Drunk Sports of 2016. Here we go. And I can't imagine what Drunk Sports is going to be like in 2017. There's going to be flying cars in Drunk Sports in 2017. Jetpacks, baby. It's going to be great. Maybe. Maybe. Do you have any uh, resolutions for 2017? That's beer number you three, just heard course. it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, that, I, that, my resolution is for you to be drunker more of the time. That's everybody's resolution. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I wanted, I, basically, I think we should start the show when you're 10 beers in and just do an hour of you crazy drunk and continue to get drunker still. I don't think it would be as likable of a show. Nope, I don't either. You've I've seen, seen you. I've you've seen, seen you me very drunk. Nope. He gets. He, I'm just going to say this is nothing. I hope no one's upset about this. But Grant says some things that are quite offensive. Quite offensive when he gets, you know, <laughs> pretty drunk. Yeah, they could have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I'm a, I'm a real piece of shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like we're allowed to swear on this show. Yeah, we sure are. Yeah, we've been doing all these podcasts and all these videos and things. We don't swear on any of them. But this one, we let it fly. We let it fly. And if you guys like. Us letting it fly well, could help us out. You know, help Drunk Sports keep going. It helps you out, too, if you like the show. Because at this, at this point, you know, Drunk Sports is, is like our little pet project. We yes. love it. We, we nurture it. Baby. We give it milk and such. You know what it gives us back? Beer. Nothing. <laughs> Nada. <laughs> we enjoy it. We enjoy it. But it gives us love. We'd love it to thrive. So yeah. if you could write a review on iTunes, if you really like this show. If you do. If you don't like it, then turn it off and don't write a review because we don't want those reviews. Yeah, okay. So true. write a review on iTunes and just say how much you love it and or tell the truth at least. You know, yeah. that, that's what we would enjoy. Another thing actually that would be great if you really like the show is to tell your friends. Tell your friends about it. You could talk about drunk sports to your friends and with your friends. It's awesome. Yeah. So, so there's that. There's that call to action. Yeah. Yeah. Are we done with that stuff now? Yeah, for now. Cool. Who's sponsoring this uh, podcast? Nobody. That's right. Yeah. We're <laughs> free will and motherfucker. Anything we want on this show. <laughs> it's amazing. All right. So this is how it works in case you're new, which you might be because we just told people to tell their friends about the show. We do four quarters of sports talk and drinking. Grant starts two beers deep, so he's just opened his third beer. Yep. He's going to end up nine or ten beers deep by the time we're done with all of this. Four quarters, first quarter's headliners, second and third quarters are the NFL and the NBA. Finally, we end up with Let the Drunk Fix It, where I pose sports and sometimes non-sports dilemmas to Grant. He comes up with fun and creative fixes for those issues. Right, and, and there's also a drinking game involved. It's yes. called Drink Along with Grant. It is. And you know what I'm not going to do? What? Explain it. Ooh. So if you've heard of it, go ahead and uh, do it if you want to. If not, at some point, it'll be somewhere on the internet. You know, I was just thinking there needs to be a Wikipedia page yeah. just about Drink Along with Grant. Yeah, there That's does. That's when I'm going to feel like this show's made it. Yes. So, you know, super fans out there, get on it. All right. Shall we get into it? Yep. Should we start with the sad stuff or the non-sad stuff? Mm, I think we should start with the non-sad Actually, stuff. Actually, in the first quarter... For some people, it's all sad, but some of it's much sadder than the others. Let's, well, let's start, start with the less sad Less stuff. sad. Let's go less sad. Okay. So we're going to start in the the realm, if you will, of the National Football League, Grant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you may recall back in the day, on the morning of October 15th, actually, you probably know what you were doing the morning of October 15th, right? I was, Remember that? I was, uh, I was cooking. Yeah. I believe I was in Indonesia. Uh, no, um, you had actually just left Indonesia. Oh, you were no longer. But in the Indonesia. gorilla was still there, right? The gorilla was in Indonesia, and you were not. Yes, is that what you're asking? Because then later I flew the gorilla to where I was. <laughs> yes, which, <laughs> which was of course Canada. 
No, no, no. It was not Canada. It was actually Indonesia. It was a it was a different part of Indonesia though. It was colder though. Yes, it was the cold part. Yes. And so and if we and we know you wouldn't call it Indonesia. Canandonesia. The, the 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 colder part of it's North Indonesia, of course. The colder part of North Indonesia, we refer to as cold Indonesia. And so when he says I left I was in Indonesia, we both know that's wrong. This all makes sense. This yeah. is good. Well, you remember what you were wearing? Green. Hold on, let me let me consult my photo library. <laughs> okay, let's okay. move on. <laughs> so anyway, the morning of October fifteenth, Philadelphia and Minnesota each had a National Football League team that were pretty darn good. They were combined eight and one. It's pretty good. Who lost? Philadelphia. Everybody. Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah, Minnesota started off five and zero. They were seen as Super Bowl. Well, I don't know if Philadelphia was. Minnesota was certainly seen as a Super Bowl contender right away. And we were starting to talk about Philadelphia that way, too, because I believe they had just blown out the Steelers 38-3. to Right. The Steelers were supposed to be so good. Yes. So they were 8-1. Since, though, fortune's not as spectacular for these two cities. And I don't just mean with their football teams. I just mean in general. Right. It's a downtime to be in Minnesota and Philadelphia. The, Minnesota, of course, not a city. But the air quality has just gone downhill since then. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, just a lot of, you know, tension. So anyway, both teams are uh, combined 4-15 and 15 since then. I would just like That's to really say bad. this. really bad. What? Yeah. Remember how good Minnesota looked? They looked amazing. It looked like they had the best defense in the league. It yes. looked like it was them and Denver, but they had like an edge. They were a little bit better on defense. Right. And Sam Bradford was looking like a competent quarterback. It's which like, is oh, the best we trading can say a first-round pick for Sam Bradford was the right play because they had all the pieces in place. They just needed a competent quarterback. Right. They can yeah. pull a, they're, they're slightly better than sort of the best-case scenario for them in terms of Denver last year, right, where they could be like Denver last year, but with a good – not a good, but an okay quarterback instead yeah. of a terrible quarterback, right? Right. Like, yeah, that's looked, awesome. They looked like they were for real. Mitch was happy. Yes, Mitch, <laughs> our friend who won the $1.1 million uh, Monster Stack Poker Tournament this summer and uh, made a bet with me for $100 after the Vikings were 1-0 that they would win more than nine games. And I took under nine, and guess who's in good shape for that bet? You were so unhappy about that bet well, for was a while. Well, 5-0. I mean, I had just given up on the bet. I mean, what, what do you think your true odds were when yeah. they were 5-0 and I mean, win we the picked, bet? We picked the exact time, like basically but the worst odds I had at any yeah. point. Yeah. Um, to win the bet, geez, I would say my odds were what two percent. I was thinking like two to four percent. Really, that low? I they don't were know five and that. zero. They have to. They lose. were five and zero, but they had no running game. They had their quarterback was not great, and we knew that. So their offense was going to be unreliable the rest of the way, and they were winning the turnover battle in what seemed like an unsustainable way. We were even talking about it back then a little bit. Yeah. So, so I would give it more to like eight to ten percent, but I certainly would have happily paid our friend Mitch. 40 bucks to get out of the bet right away. Yeah. He would never have accepted it because he no. wasn't a dummy. But now it's sort of we're in the other, the shoe's on the other foot, as one might say. Yeah. They're seven and seven. I can't lose. I can only win. They have to win out and they have to win against Green Bay this coming weekend. And I now somehow they're going to get the third best record in the NFC North. Like they started five and zero, oh, and they're yeah. going to end up with the third best record in their division. I mean, it really looks like that. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. So uh, what, what do we think about all this? So like Mike Zimmer, the coach of the team, for a little while, we're whatever a quarter of the way through the season, we're saying this guy, like maybe he's he's the coach of the year right now. Him and him and yeah. the, what is it? Bowles? No, Todd Bowles is the Jets coach. Who's no. the coach of the um, of the Falcons? Of the Falcons? Yeah. Um, Dan? No, no, not anymore. Not no, Mike Smith? Is that what you're going to say? It's no. Dan somebody. Dan Quinn? Yes, Dan it's Quinn. Dan Quinn. Good job. Ex yeah. Seahawks defensive coordinator. Yeah, Dan Quinn. Good. Um, those were the two guys who were looking like coach of the year. Why not Jason Garrett? You know, because no one likes that guy. Now, <laughs> That's why. But now, now he's got a real shot at it, right? Yeah. Anyway, so Mike Zimmer, I mean, I assume his job is safe, right? I think, I mean, you start 5-0, and your job's probably safe for one year. What if you go 
seven and nine. You start five and zero, oh, you end up seven and nine. It's harder. It, it is harder, but I think he's okay. It's it's one of the anomalies of uh, the football in general, I would say, because they play such short schedules. If you start off hot and you raise expectations, and then your team just you know. The cream sort of rises to the top in the league, and you sort of go back to what you actually are, and maybe you run a little bit bad. Guys often get fired because their team had a hot start when no one thought this team was going to be great. Maybe in Minnesota they did, but nowhere yeah. else. I know they won 11 games last year, but come on. And, you know, but if you go, like, I would have guessed a reasonable record for the Vikings would have been like 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven coming into the season. Do you think that's fair? Yeah. Right. And so, like, if they end up 8-8, eight and eight, which they really could, by the way, they could still end up 9-7 and seven also, very reasonably. They just have to win their last two games. Yeah. That's going to be looked at with disappointment now in Minnesota right. instead of like, oh, yeah, sure. If they start off 0-4, though, and finish 9-7, and everyone's happy and thinks they've got you know hope for next right. year. Right, I agree. It's worse for the coach, for sure, if yeah. it goes this way. But I doubt they're going to fire him. Interesting thought. I mean, this is something that's been, I guess, circulating a bit f- for a week or two as an idea in the NFL. The whole idea that like two of the best teams in the NFL right now are the Cowboys and the Raiders. And, mm-hmm. and they built from the offensive line out. Is what they did. Like both teams are heavily invested in the offensive line. Are the Raiders and, invested heavily? In yeah, the offensive line, really. Yeah, they are, and and they they have a really good offensive line. I would hope so. Yeah, them and the Cowboys both have incredibly good offensive lines. The Cowboys is known as the best, and the Raiders is probably the second best. The, and uh, so the thought is that it's not a dead idea to build from the offensive line and then just hope the right quarterback plops into your lap. Kind of like Derek Carr and Dak Prescott did for these two teams, yeah. And then that works with the offensive line, and it. Re- I mean, it's always just the theme of the time with football, right? You can never really know what the true trends are and if the trends mean anything. But the thing people are talking about now, I've read a couple articles, are is just about how that is a more sustainable way to build a team than quarterback first, and. Right. When you look at Minnesota, who scrambled to get a quarterback, and Philadelphia, who used the second overall pick on a quarterback, their offensive lines are both garbage, right? So mm-hmm. they, they had, like, a house of cards built, and now they can't sustain it because they're just getting beat up all the time on offense because their lines are terrible. It's an interesting thing. So in some ways, that makes sense to me. Like if I think about Dak Prescott specifically, where, like, him getting that extra second or half a second of time when he goes back to throw— Probably is the difference between him having the year he's having and being fairly terrible, you know, like yeah. and knowing he has that time too, not just having it, but believing he has that time. So he like makes his third read instead of bailing out on the play or feeling rushed and pressured all the time. You know, it's so much easier, yeah. right? At the same point, I think of a different team, the New England Patriots, who I they didn't build from the the quarterback spot. They took Brady in the sixth round, but essentially they've been built around him for a very long time. And their offensive line, they don't expend that many resources into their offensive line. They often have one or two first round picks on the line, but they often have fourth and fifth round picks also. And they replace those guys and trade those guys all the time. And they just seem to get by anyway. Well, it's not okay. It's not really about how many resources you spend. That's just a viable strategy, is what I'm saying. It's about how good your offensive line actually is. And it's possible that the Patriots have better talent scouts for that type of thing. Yeah, and better coaching too. I think for that specific, right? Thing. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm down with that. So the, I mean, it kind of sucks that the offensive line can never, a lineman can never win a major NFL award. They can only win like best lineman award. I mean, you can go to the hall of fame, so that's pretty yeah. good. And you know, you make a lot of money if you're great. So that's pretty good too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, left tackle is the second highest paid position in the NFL. Is it still? I believe it is. It sounds right. Unless who else? Who else? Safety. Would have, safety oh, sorry, cornerback. No, cornerback. Cornerback would be the other thing, right? Maybe defensive. Uh, Maybe like an edge rusher or something. Would a like receiver that? be any 
close? Nah. Nah. No. I think Not, it's, no, like, yeah, like an edge rusher, like in Dominican Sue type. Yeah, yeah. JJ Watt kind yeah. of a guy. Those guys sign huge deals. Yeah, Justin Houston, he has a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway. Um, so, yeah, Philly, not as good. Another thing that happened with Philly is, of course, is teams caught up with Carson Wentz, right? Yeah. They, they had a number of games, basically three games of film on them or four games of film on him, realized he's just not comfortable throwing the deep ball right now and, stop, and took away the short intermediate passes and just made it much harder for him. And so he, his completion percentage has fallen off and he throws more picks and they're just much less effective. And apparently Philly knew this was coming. Philly wasn't surprised that he struggled. Yeah, because okay. they're like eventually someone's going to see that he can't do anything. I guess except this, I guess their hope dunks. is that he can can gain that ability. I mean, they must believe it. They took him with the second overall pick, right? And they've been starting yeah. him all year. They must believe he has that in him, right? What does it mean? I mean, I know that there's anomalies and such, but when you have a year like this where Dak Prescott is clearly the best rookie quarterback, yeah, and he got taken in the fourth round and was kind of a throwaway pick, almost like oh, it's a fourth round quarterback. It's a eh. Yeah, you know, and he's drafted essentially to be a backup for at least a few years at best, right? I mean, maybe, maybe the third stringer, like maybe he gets yeah. cut after training cap. You know, like usually a fourth round quarterback is going to stick around, but you're right, it doesn't yeah. have to, right? And somehow this guy is way better than Goff or once. Yeah, like way better, and it might be the line that might be a big. I part was going to say, what if you put Goff in Dallas with that line and that running attack and a better defense? And I guess the LA Rams defense were, was good for a while up until. What's his face? Robert Quinn went out. That makes it yeah. extra bad. But sort of like maybe it's and maybe different coaching too. Instead of Jeff Fisher, who had coached seven straight losing seasons, maybe Jason Garrett's at least is actually a pretty good offensive coach. I would guess. Yeah, he was considered to be that at least. Maybe that's enough. Maybe that's enough for Goff right now to not maybe be as good as Dak. Maybe be a little worse, whatever. But to be successful right now yeah. in their rookie year. The other thing is this: like these teams take these guys, especially one and two overall, not because of how good they are right now, but because of how no. good they project to be. Right. And so it's not about the first year. But they would be, I mean, if Dak is actually as good as he looks this year, yeah. either of those teams would be thrilled if those guys ended up being that good in their prime. Um, yeah, I guess that's true. Dak has had a pretty darn good year. He's an MVP candidate. Yeah. Yeah. He's an MVP candidate. That's weird. So it's not like, I mean, if obviously you take Dak now, obviously. Yeah, this is what we were talking. We talked a little bit about this on Sunday night, right, when the Cowboys were playing. Yeah. If you were saying, does Dak go number one overall? And I said, I guess he does. Yeah. And I guess he does is just the answer. The Rams just have to take if you could, If you could redraft the last. Yeah, well, based, based on the information we have right now, you just can't. You certainly can't take Jared Goff, number one, and you just can't take Carson Wentz either. There was a while when it looked like Wentz was way ahead of Goff, but it no longer yeah. feels like that, right? Right. Now it just looks like it's Dak and then everybody else. Yeah. So, Cody but, Kessler. Yeah, but at the same point, maybe this is what Dak is, and maybe he doesn't have the upside of the, that these guys have. So this is maybe as good as Dak can be. Maybe he's like at his you know top level potential already, which is still pretty good. But maybe Goff can be a superstar still. Two things. Yeah. What he like I was just saying, what he already is, they would take it as the peak of Goff. Like the Rams would take that as peak Goff. If, if they, they could get that for ten years, yes, they'd be yes, happy they with would that. absolutely take that. Agreed. Second thing, it's crazy to assume this is the peak of Dak Prescott. He's very young. Well, why would the, why the, would you assume that? The only reason why I would I'm not assuming it, I'm guessing it. But the only reason why I would guess it is because he was a fourth round draft pick, and that means the teams did not see in him great upside. That's right. All. But he's already evolved in this year. It, yes. He was much like Carson Wentz, unable to throw the deep ball earlier in the year. That was a knock on him. Hmm. Now he can. Now he does. I mean, he's just like they just you know, they rolled the dice and they got the snake eyes. I mean, it's amazing yeah. how well that's worked out. Plus, Tony, Tony, Tony Romo getting injured might have been a really good thing for the Cowboys. Yeah. It might have been great, actually. 
I mean, maybe though. I mean, Romo would have probably had a really good year too, right? Probably, but now they know for sure they have their quarterback of the future. That's true. They don't have like they they may have had Dak on the sidelines all year and then expended a lot of resources for someone to replace Romo next year. Right. They like spend they like spend a lot of money to get Drew Brees right. or somebody like that who I might mean, be you, a free agent. You, you kind know? of have to do that if you're yeah. the Cowboys. Even if you like Dak, if Drew Brees is available and wants to come to Dallas, you kind of have to sign him next year. Right? Yeah. Not anymore. No. But, if Dak was, you know, back backing up Romo, and you're like, you love him in practice, you still have to sign Drew Brees for yeah. a year. You just have to, right? Right. He's just too good. That's like $30 million. You just do it. Yeah. Anyway. All right. But moving on. Sadder news. Very sad news. Craig Sager passed away. That guy, you know. He had suits. He had a lot of suits. You know, I actually saw that supposedly he never wore the same ugly suit. Really? He never once Apparently, repeated he, the same suit? Apparently that is the case. Isn't that wacky? Yeah. So here's a little background on Sager, just for people who don't know who he is or know much about him anyway. He first started working. He actually handled the first live remote report by CNN from the 1980 baseball playoffs and joined the network full-time in 81. He co-anchored their Sports Tonight shows, which is sort of like SportsCenter back then. Mm. He won an award in 85 for it. And then he moved full-time to TBS, which I guess where he's been ever since, in 1987. He was diagnosed with acute... I don't know how to pronounce this, sorry. Myeloid leukemia and missed the entire 2014 NBA playoffs. He uh, it was in remission. I think twice it went into remission, but it, the leukemia returned in March, and uh, he died in December 15th. Yeah, but he was a sideline reporter for the NBA for a very long time. In a lot of ways, he was very loved, partially yeah. because he had that sort of the, – the clothes was sort of his signature thing. Yeah. And he had this just sort of um, lightness about him, which I think people liked. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the clothes were indicative of the way he wanted to interact. He wanted to have fun with it. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Greg Pop- Popovich, big fan of Craig, Craig Sager, said this. What he's endured in the fight that he's put up, the courage that he's displayed during the situation is beyond my comprehension. And if any of us can display half the courage he has to stay on this planet, to live every day of it as if it's his last, we'd be well off. Well, Greg Popovich is a man of many words, and he seems to always say the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. That guy should be, you know, like run for president or something. <laughs> I would consider voting for him. Yeah, he might win. Yeah. You know? <laughs> seems pretty great. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, there's not much to really say about Craig Sager. I mean, he except- was a, a fun sideline reporter. The suits were a lot of fun. It's yeah. really... It's- too bad that he's gone. He made it a lot longer than it seemed like he would. Yeah. So that's nice. And it was interesting to sort of watch him like hang in there. You know, like when he was doing the playoffs last year, last summer. Yeah. It, I was pretty sure he was going to die soon. And yeah. So watching him like hang in there, it's like it was so important to him to be part of this and do his job. And I don't know why that was important to him, but maybe he just loved it so much. Yeah. I mean, whatever it was, it was interesting. And, uh, it, it changed the way I watch the games a little bit whenever he right. would come on, you know, because I was now, thinking about that. And now the players have those warm-up jerseys they wear. Yeah. Yeah, which is cool. Really the, cool. The, like, ugly suit warm-up jerseys. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, how long do you think they're going to do that for? They might do it for the rest of the year. I hope they do. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Also, it's neat that a sideline reporter could be, like, that impactful that when this person dies, everyone in the NBA wears different clothes for, like, a while. Yeah. That's kind of neat. It's a, it is. NBA is a multi-billion dollar organization, and... Craig Sager was just one of many, many, many people who reported on it. I mean, know? he was uh, he, he'd been there for a long time doing the same thing. He probably yes. knew most of the players pretty well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like when he would interview Pop- Popovich on the sidelines, you know, uh, Popovich hates the sideline right. interviews. And Popovich, I think, often would give one word answers to Sager, but would then break out laughing with him as well. Yeah. So like he was messing with him. He wasn't. Right. Actually, he never actually had any enmity towards him, as we can see in what he of said. Of course. As well. So pretty cool. Yeah. 
Anyway, on that somewhat down note, we're going to end the first quarter. We're going to come back, talk some National Basketball Association. Quarter number two begins. We're going to talk about the hottest team in the National Basketball Association. That's beer number five for Grant. If you're drinking along, you know what it means. Gold, silver, bronze. You platinum. better know what it means because there's no telling on this show. <laughs> We're not John, telling. Stop giving away the secrets I'm of drunk say, sports. I won't give away any secrets. It's only for if, the true Illuminati of drunk sports. If you're bronze, this is you should be opening your third beer. Shut up. <laughs> just putting that out there just so that people know. Okay. So the Houston Rockets have been rocking and rolling, Grant. They've won 10 games in a row. They're hold now, on. Hold on. Yeah. Do you think that was cool? When, when you I said, said rocking? When you said rocking and rolling. <laughs> Didn't you think that was pretty great? No. Why yeah, not? But no, it was good. I could have done some other kind of like thing like they've been, you know, you know, heading towards a higher atmosphere or something like that. They've been, you know, taking it to the moon or something. Anyway, uh, they're 21 and 7 now after winning 10 in a row. They're second in the league in points per game at 113. They're outscoring their opposition by 7.3 points per game, which I believe is the second highest in the league. Maybe the third. I didn't check the East. They also are breaking records for three-pointers made and attempted. They're changing the way the game is played, Grant. Okay. Thoughts? I guess moving James Harden to point guard wasn't just going to inflate James Harden's stats. I guess it actually helps the team. Well, they also got a new coach. Let's not forget. Yeah. I mean, Adelman, I'm not a big fan, but I'm going to say so far so good, right? They're winning 75% of their games here. That's a good percentage. Harden is crushing. Obviously, and he's like the second MVP candidate, right? Yeah, right. especially now with their record yeah. and all that. I would say he might even be cruising no. towards number one. No, come on. Westbrook is clearly number one. Don't even fucking. Harden shooting a higher percentage. Don't try to play. And his team's winning a lot more games. And his defense is terrible. And Westbrook's averaging a triple-double. <laughs> yeah, it's Westbrook. All right, fine. The Rockets set a record for most three-pointers made in a game and most three-pointers attempted in a game just last Friday night. They hit 24 three-pointers and took how many, Grant? 61. 61. Good job. In a 122-100 win over the Pelicans, they uh, the 24 made three-pointers is a new NBA record for a regular season game. That And by the way, Patrick Beverly, you know who that is, right? Yes. <laughs> he said, this year, I'm the best defender in the league. And that may sound crazy. Yeah. But I would like to point out this one stat, which is the only okay. stat I have on this. Since... Beverly returned from injury on November 17th. The Rockets are an NBA best 15 and 2. Well, That's really good. Of course, they were 5 and 2, and then they won. But what's the record on defense? What do you mean? Nothing. I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're, they're 16 and 1 on D. Oh, okay. Then Beverly is the best. <laughs> I know. I yeah. mean, it is crazy for somebody to say that. It's kind, it sounds kind of like it's not quite the same, but two years ago when Jamal Charles said he was the LeBron James of the NFL, <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah. buddy, you're good at football. Yeah, but give me a fucking break. I mean, there's a lot of great pro- perimeter defenders in the league. Uh, just to name a few, Kawhi Leonard really yeah. stands out. Chris Paul is actually a fantastic defender. Yeah. Avery Bradley on the Celtics is Often considered by the many. Cel- you mentioned the Celtics? That's he weird. Is, it's weird that you would mention the Celtics. He is considered by many to be the best perimeter defender in the league, and if not, second to Kawhi. So it's interesting that Patrick Beverly is inserting his I mean, it's nomination. possible that Patrick Beverly is right. He's known yes. as a good defender. He, it is possible, but it seems surprising and hard to imagine. Yeah. And him declaring it does not make it so. And his team winning a lot of games while he's been playing also does not make also, it so. Also, him declaring it is not a good look on him. That's just not a, It doesn't no. look good to, to brag like that. <laughs> you like the humble players, don't you? I like the the Tim Duncans, you know. Yeah. 
You like the guys with no personality. Yeah, the guys who are just like, I, you know what my ideal Friday night is? Robots I'm going to paint all of the walls in my house beige. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> you want, ba- that- then beige gets a little too flashy, so i got to close my eyes. So my question is, <laughs> is that your ideal Friday night or the players who you want to watch as ideal That's Friday That's Tim Duncan's night? Friday night. That's okay. all i got. Yeah. Yeah, and you want to watch Tim Duncan play. I want to watch him paint his walls beige. But that's what I'm trying to get. Do you know on. what he's going to do when he paints his walls beige? He's going to look up a lot of stuff on the internet first to make sure he's painting the most efficient way. He's going to make sure it's environmentally friendly. He's going to I mean, make sure that he doesn't do it in a way that makes it so there's more work for him later. He's going to be very careful I about mean, that. That all sounds very smart, like the thing you should be yeah. doing, actually, when you say it. Like, right. I would want to do all those so things. So why would you not want to watch him do that? <laughs> I mean, I would watch a sped up video of it or something where it's all takes place in like a minute and a half with sort of fun music going in the background you know i like those sped up videos those things are cool yeah when they make like food and stuff everyone likes those everybody yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're on facebook all the time ratatouille in one minute <laughs> so anyway okay. um so the rockets though back to the rockets is this sustainable are these is this team actually going to be really good this year i don't know okay so i got the the, la- the 10 games they won. They are yeah. playing the Spurs right now as we speak, so yeah. we're not sure how that game's going to end probably, up. probably uh, just finishing up. But the last 10 games they won, the Timberwolves, not very impressive. No. The Pelicans, not very impressive. No. Kings, no. No. Nets, no. That's four of the worst teams in the league. Mavericks, five of the worst teams in the league. Thunder. Okay, they're over yeah. 500. Lakers. They're around 500. They crushed the Lakers, by the way. 39 points. Wow. Uh, Celtics by one. Okay, that's a good one. Nuggets. Okay. Warriors. What? Yeah. I forgot they beat the Warriors. They did. did th- wait. What was the score? Do you 132 know? to 127. Jeez. They beat the Warriors, but the rest of it is... It was in Houston, right? Yeah. It, without the Warriors in there, it's it's certainly below average on like, Agreed. teams. Yeah. Thunder Celtics are both quality wins, for sure. Yeah. I think the Celtics game was in Houston, but it's still a quality win. The Thunder's a quality win. The Thunder, I think, are five games over 500 right now. Uh but the Warriors is obviously a spectacular yeah. win, no matter where it is, in Houston or not. So I don't think this percentage is sustainable. I think maybe they win 60% of their games, not 75. Okay. So they end up being something like 53, 54 wins? Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, they're already 14 games over 500, so yeah, doesn't sound crazy. I'm going to say it's going to end up a little higher than that. I'm going to put them at 56 wins. All right. Because they're just doing so good. They are. And, and I love this, like, we're just going to take a lot of threes because that's what we're doing. I mean, that's know? fun. I don't know if it's actually fun to watch over the long haul. Like, if I was a Houston Rockets fan, would it be fun just to watch them take 63s every game? I don't I mean, know they don't is. take 63s every game. They, they broke 60. the record taking 61. They did, but they've been breaking that record several times this season already. Yeah. They, like, went to, like, it was, like, at 49, then, like, 51, then 54, and now 61. They're, so they're going to take a lot of threes the rest of the season is the point. Well, I mean, maybe there's something to that also. I it's just an extreme version of taking the best shot that of course, you can. Right? Without question. Yeah. I mean, I think people in the NBA would agree that, you know, layups, free throws, and three-pointers, that's what you're trying to take. Like, yeah. really good three-pointers, and then layups in general and free throws in general. That's that's how you win, right? Yep. And that's, by the way, that's James Harden's entire game. Yeah. That's all he does. So he's a good guy to have as your point guard when that's what's yeah. going on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's the Rockets, man. But really, Rick Adelman? Yeah, Rick Adelman. How is this working? He's the Rick. He is no good. The Rick Meister. He's bad. Rickinator. But he's bad. Rick-tastic. <laughs> Rick-tastic. Yeah. It's cool. He coached the Trailblazers. How long ago was that? Long time ago. Yeah. Coached the Kings? Yeah, I remember that. He was successful coaching the Kings there. He coached somebody else, too. Maybe the Nuggets? Who can remember? Who cares? He's a big Western Conference. Nobody cares. All right. 
Other thing interesting, Dwight Howard was a member of the Rockets. Now he's not. No longer a member of the Rockets. Rockets better. <laughs> That's true. Also, he was he joins the Hawks, who were, I think, better last year also. They're also aging like shit. Yeah, he's actually playing very well for the yeah. Hawks, in fairness. Right. I mean, you can't really blame him. Their age, I mean, Millsap is 32. They lost Horford, who is probably better than Howard anyway. They traded Jeff Teague, and now Schroeder's their point guard, which is fine. As you said, um, Corver's like 35. Like, yeah. How is this supposed to work out? What, are, not, they do, what are they doing in Atlanta? It's, they're, they're trying to get the seventh seed. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like That's their goal. They're trying to sell like two games of playoff tickets and yeah. cash that money, maybe? Cash yeah. that check? I guess. I don't know. Like, it, it seems like a team with no real direction. Yeah. I mean, losing Horford, I guess, hurt them a lot. Although, I don't know what the plan was. I feel like it's they're kind of like modeling themselves after the Spurs. Like, okay, we get all the veterans, and we make it work, and we're good. But they're just not good enough. So, I mean, it doesn't work that the way. The Spurs were always building around a few superstars. Yeah. Right? Always building around Tim Duncan and then Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. 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 Manu Ginobili. Manu Ginobili. Um, and then later on, Tim Duncan and Kawhi Leonard, right? And then they yeah. added LaMarcus Aldridge, and now that's their nucleus, LaMarcus and Kawhi. And yeah. actually, maybe DeHunta Murray. I'm not sure how to what? pronounce his first name. DeHunta Murray. He was like 29th overall pick. He's a point guard. Yeah. He fell. He fell. They were happy to get Fell him. down. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tony Parker, Tony Parker is really falling off a cliff this year. Yeah. So he's French. They need, yes. <laughs> he uh, married Eva Longoria there for a while there. You know, he People, married her. Yeah. That's Supposedly true. Supposedly there's a, a, a pretty substantiated rumor that the day he got married, he was hitting on the bridesmaids. He was like t- taking numbers of the bridesmaids and having sex with them, like, you know, next the following week. Yeah. Something. He's French. I already said he's French. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, this is a perfect time to introduce a new segment on Drunk Oh, is, is it? Right now. Okay. You ready? Yeah. It's fake ads. Right, because we don't have any sponsorship. <laughs> no, we don't make any money on this show. We yeah. make money on the other stuff. So um, maybe one day we'll have real ads, but right now we're going to do some fake ads. Okay. Just one, probably. All right. No promises, because this is all going to be ad lib. Yeah. Grant doesn't know what the fake ad is for. Neither do I, although I'm starting to formulate things right okay. now. I'm just going to tell Grant what the ad's for, and he's going to come up with an ad. I'll help out to whatever degree he needs me to help out. Here we go. You ready? <laughs> okay. I hope not to disappoint. What'd you say? I hope not to disappoint. Well, you, you do fine. You'll be okay. fine. You just have fun. All right. Tennis balls. Tennis balls? Yeah. Which ones? <laughs> Wilson, obviously. Wilson tennis balls? Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. Give me, give me five seconds. No problem. Talk a little bit about the benefits of Wilson Tennis Balls yeah, for just a second. Absolutely. I'm formulating an ad in my Cle- head. Clearly, one of the things people love about Wilson Tennis Balls is their bounciness. Right. They're bouncy, and they're wonderful, and they're good for tennis, and that's nice. They're round. They have a distinct All right. yellow color. We good? Yeah, we're Thank good. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's the ad. This is Thank you for your sponsorship, Wilson. I yeah, really we appreciate love that. that. So this is the official ad. Okay. All right. You know when you're driving around in your car? Jonathan, you probably relate to this. You're driving around in your car, yeah. and you've got a potato gun that you made at home. <laughs> you know? I, mean, every, I mean, yeah, you shoot sure. Po- you can shoot potatoes out of your potato gun. Right? What else would you shoot out yeah, of a potato gun? Yeah, you use a CO2 canister, you, sh- you pump it, you shoot the potatoes. Yeah. You're trying to hit a building so the potato goes splat. You know, That's what you do. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty sweet. That's a yeah. Thursday Here's night the thing. Me. Here's the thing. The accuracy of the potato gun is not great. You know, like the yeah. potato is all a weird shape. It's all fucked up. So yeah. what you got to do is you got to just shoot a bunch of potatoes and hope for the best. Yeah, of course. What if it was round? Huh. What Wait, if the, the potato, potato was round? Oh, I thought you meant the potato gun. Yeah. What if you were driving around in your car? Yeah. Instead of a potato gun, 
You had a Wilson-branded Wilson tennis ball gun. And you know what you could do with that? <laughs> what? You could bounce those balls everywhere you want, buddy. And guess how accurate it is. Guess how. How? Uh, wait, very accurate? It's within three standard deviations of the norm. <laughs> wow. That yeah, is, that's amazing. That really accurate. So, you know, you can, you can try <laughs> to load a Prince tennis ball in your Wilson tennis ball potato gun, which is not really a potato gun. It's just the way to think about it. Okay. Right? But <laughs> you know what's going to happen if you load that Prince ball in there? What? No, I really don't. It's going to have a little curvature. It's going to be all fucked oh. up. It's not going to be how you want it. I'm going to be like four standard deviations right. out. So <laughs> let's say you're driving by a schoolyard where there's like a tennis court and, you know, they have the chain link fence for the tennis court. And you want to get some tennis balls to get stuck in that chain link fence. I mean, that's what you'd when want. When you shoot with your tennis ball gun. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to need those Wilson tennis balls because mm. they have the right uh, weight stream ratio, which is a thing I'm sure Colin West knows. And that is how you make sure that gets stuck in there because where you aim that's where the ball goes. And only with Wilson tennis balls is this the truth. I was really worried when you started because it sounded like you were doing an ad for Wilson tennis ball guns there for a while. In fact, you kind of were, but, yeah. then you, but you shifted it. You realized that was – I was going to call you out <laughs> on that and make you do another one. But you turned it into an ad for Wilson tennis balls at the end, and that was a nice save. Yeah. I feel like that was successful. It was okay. It took, it took a little while to get going, but you found your feet. And we really had something. There will there be the better end. ones in the future. Oh, you know, we're going to maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to find out. Yeah. All right. Why don't we take a break there? It's the halftime. We'll come back, talk a little NFL. Here we go. National Football League time. Some people call it the NFL. Woo! Some people don't call it the NFL. Most people do. Some people call it the National Football League. <laughs> anyway. You made me sneeze. I know. It feels good. Yeah. So something happened just the other day, Grant. Sunday Some, night. Something happened. A thing. Okay. Happened. Historic. All right. Because everything's historic, right? I mean, I mean in a way. I mean, everything's historic. Unless so, there is nothing. What? Oh! It's messing with my head. Next fake ad's going to be for anti-reality boots. What? Yeah. I want to hear that. But Can't do it. It sounds like a fake product, though. That's the thing. Our, no, I, I'm, I own it. Okay, good. Yeah. I was going to say, our first fake ad was for a real product. Yeah, yeah. That uh, feels important to me. So as long as it's real. It is important. Okay. So, anywho, Gus Bradley, former coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. No more. Right. He's not dead, but he's no longer with the team. About time. They let him go. I mean, they, I mean, about time, but there's two games left in the season. They, right. they fired him. That's weird, but it's weird that they stuck with him as long as they did. Well, yeah. It's hard to argue that point. This was year four of the Bradley regime, and he's 14 and 48. That's a really bad record. That is a terrible record. It's hard to get around that. But yeah. one would have to say, like, I don't think if you brought in a great coach, this team would suddenly, you know, have a winning record or anything, right? I right. Mean, but often, no talent on this team. But something needs to change, obviously. Yes. And the coach is the easiest thing to change. You could change the GM, I guess, too, right. if you want to. I mean, usually what happens is the coach goes first because it's the GM trying to save his own job. The GM lasts either is either gone with the coach or lasts another year or two and then is gone the next time, right? Yeah. So that's what's happening, probably. Right. Here's an interesting thing, though, about Gus Bradley. Monty Kiffin said to Jim Mora in 2009, when Mora was hired as the Seahawks head coach, because he was giving a recommendation for Gus Bradley to join the Seahawks, which, of course, he ultimately did as the defensive coordinator sure. eventually. He said, Jim, listen to me. I have got a guy here in Tampa that is one of, if not the finest football coaches I have ever worked with. He's an A+. He's a once-in-a-lifetime coach. You need to talk to him. That was the recommendation. Wow. Yeah. So either Gus Bradley has just 
gotten really unlucky here. And the Jaguars' expectation was to actually win seven games instead of 14 yeah. <laughs> over his span. Or that person was wrong. <laughs> yeah, it could be that. Yeah. It definitely could. Monty Kiffin may not know actually what makes a good football coach. Right. Even though he himself is seen as one, it doesn't mean you know why you're good necessarily. People yeah. People aren't necessarily super self-reflective or good at being as such. So at the same point, Gus probably was kind of handcuffed to Blake Bortles for the last three years. Yeah, Blake Bortles is not good. No. Very good at tennis. <laughs> Hard to argue that Big Blake fan Bortles of Wilson tennis balls. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's got the Wilson tennis ball gun already, yeah. obviously. Of course. He's got, it's just swag for yeah. him, though. I mean, it's free. He, they gave it to him for free. I mean, they're like... Retail, his... retail price, twelve ninety nine. I mean, $1,299. Oh, really? Yeah. For the tennis ball gun? It's seems, really accurate. I mean, it <laughs> seems a little pricey. I got to tell you. It's really accurate. Those things are not going to fly off the shelves for Christmas. Probably. That's fine. That's It's a pet project. It's not like they really care. It's like Google Glass. Sort yes. Of. <laughs> it's like Google Glass. <laughs> the Wilson tennis ball gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Back to Blake Bortles for a right. second anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So, he's been starting basically for the last three seasons and while he had a good fantasy year last year, which some people do care about, yeah, a lot of people like us and yeah. a lot of other people too, he wasn't actually any good as a quarterback. They don't, they never win with Blake Bortles. And no, he just puts up good numbers after they're getting. But crushed. he intercepts himself a lot. I and think most, he, if anybody was capable of intercepting themselves, it yeah. would it would be Blake Bortles. That'd be a cool rule if you could somehow intercept yourself. Would well, yeah. then you join the other team forever? Because that would be cool, too. Blake could be like, I don't like it here in Jacksonville anymore. I can. Well, what if what if you got paid the amount that the highest paid player on the other team gets if you intercept yourself and join the other team? Wow. Everybody would be trying to self-intercept. Yeah, absolutely. Self-intercept sounds like something from a bad sci-fi movie, by the way. Yes, it does. Yeah. What would that? What would be happening in that sci-fi movie? That it would be. What is self-intercept? Okay, so it, there's certainly an element of time travel, but then it Always. creates it creates duplicates. You know. Yeah. So you have to you have to intercept yourself before you kill your baby self because right. at at some point in all of the iterations of duplicates you create through all the time travels that you do. You eventually create a version of yourself that decides they want to kill yourself as a baby. Mm. So you have to self-intercept. This reminds me of a cartoon I once read. Do you disagree about? No, I'm totally with you. <laughs> okay, good. That's right. No, I wasn't changing the subject. I'm staying with you. It reminds me of a cartoon I once saw about um, time travelers going back in time trying to kill Adolf Hitler. And what the consequence of that was is Adolf Hitler became the greatest killer of time travelers of all. He was amazing at killing time travelers. <laughs> and then at some point, there was... Like, there was a society, oh, where the time travelers decided, like, time travel was bad and they needed to stop time travel. And it's, like, messing everything up. So the time travelers are going to go back and stop time travel where it started. And so the people who started time travel realized they have to bring Hitler to save them. Hitler, because Hitler can kill all the time travelers and stop them all. So, anyway. So all right. Something I was reminded of. That's, yeah. Come on, that's pretty wacky. That's a wacky thing. So how many, what's the most games Gus Bradley ever won in a season? I ask you. Six? If only, Grant. Four? Five. He won five <laughs> once. He won four once. He won three once. In this season, he is two and twelve. He's a once in a generation coach. This guy. I saw a thing, and I can't believe this is right. But I saw a thing which said if Bill Belichick goes zero and sixteen for the next forty-one seasons, he will still have a higher winning percentage than Gus Bradley has right now. And it's possible because Gus Bradley's winning percentage is two twenty-six. That's pretty bad. And Belichick's is higher than that. Is it? It is. I okay. can say that. I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm going to say it's higher. Well, that's possible. Okay, that's impressive. So, yeah. I mean, he stayed on longer than he should have, right? 
Yeah, I guess so. Like that when you're this, I think what happened is the first year they expect him to be bad. The second year, Bortles was a rookie. They gave him a little bit of a pass, right? Last year they won. They won five and eleven, which was seen as progress, I guess. And five and Bort- eleven is progress. <laughs> and well, like Bortles looked a little bit better. Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns looked like maybe a receiving duo, which might work out. T.J. Yeldon was young and. You know, you could dream. Young and he exists. Yeah, and uh, also they had lost their first-round draft pick last year. He tore up his knee before even minicamp started. Oh, the so, offensive lineman? No, defensive lineman. Defensive lineman. He, um, but yeah, he was like the number six overall pick, and he was in theory you know, going to dominate for them, and instead he just was gone for the year. So maybe they gave him a little bit of a pass on that, and this was like seen as his normal third or second year or something. Third year, I should say. But uh, wow, yeah, things didn't work out. Nope. So, he's not going to get hired as a head coach anywhere else right away, at least. I mean, it it's could gonna, happen eventually. He, he might. There are a lot of very successful coaches who started off very unsuccessful somewhere else. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. You know who else? Yeah. Who? Bill Belichick, buddy. Oh, yeah. Browns, right? Yeah. But you can't win on the Browns. It's illegal. Well, it's been a while since anyone has. But yeah. Pete Carroll's another really good example of that, actually. Both with, what, the Rams and the Patriots? Is that right? I don't think Pete Carroll was over with the Rams, was he? Jets. It was Patriots and Jets. Yeah. Yeah. He was okay with the Patriots, terrible with the Jets. And when we say he, we just mean the teams. Right. right how successful they were. Then he went to USC, tore it up, and now here he is. And then he, living the dream. And he coached the greatest quarterback of all time, Matt Leinart at USC. <laughs> Why do you say that? I don't know. It's just funny. It seemed mean. It, well, I didn't mean it to be mean. You didn't? Did you mean maybe oh, you, maybe it was mean spirited? Yeah, it was. But I mean, it has to be. Who cares? I don't. Matt Liner probably cares. And you know who else cares? Matt Liner's friends. But they all listen and they're not going to stop. I mean, no, they're, they're addicted. They're like, we love let the drunk fix it. Yeah. We can't not listen to that. Right. So, you know, we wish Grant was nicer to, about Matt. But what are you going to do? You know, yeah. everyone's that kid's going to have his own opinions. You know, he he drinks a lot. By the okay. way, what beer are we on? Number seven, right? Number seven. It's kind of crazy. The streak of quarterbacks that came out of USC in the Pete Carroll era. Hmm. It's kind of insane. Who else do we have there? Now, I think it started with Carson Palmer. Okay, that was pretty good. Yeah. Then there was, I mean, I, what I, I don't mean how they performed in the NFL. Yeah, sure. I mean, no, I understand. like where they got drafted. Matt Leinart, Matt Barkley, was that, that's post Pete Carroll, actually. Yes. Oh, I think he was, wasn't he the quarterback, though, right after Leinart? I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore either. And there's, okay, I'm doing a bad job, but but there were a couple others that I remember being kind of important, big deal quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. This reminds me a little bit of uh, the Kentucky Wildcats in basketball and their centers in the league. Right. You know, it's like DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns. They're the three best big men in the three best young big men in the league, at least. They're probably the three best big men. They in the might league. be the three best centers in the league. Yeah. I mean, and they're all from Kentucky. They all, and they're all like one and done guys, right? I don't know if Boogie was, but they're, the other two are definitely one and done guys. And they just, I mean, the level of talent that those guys get, it's insane. It's all Calipari, I guess, right? Yeah, it's interesting that there's such a difference between coaching the NFL and coaching in college because recruiting is a huge part of coaching in college. Right. And, like, maybe maybe Chip Kelly is just a good recruiter. Maybe that's all. You know, I mean, mean, he has a system that's different, but it doesn't really seem to matter. No, the the NFL figured it out very quickly, and Chip Kelly couldn't get the players he wanted because he just has to get the players he get. Right, yeah, it's not the same. You have to really draft well, which is a whole different thing, man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, all right. What else we got to talk about here? I feel like there's another NFL topic. There is. It's Sean Payton. Right. So here's the thing. This is a little bit interesting, I think. So the uh, is it what's his name? Mickey Loomis, who's the GM of the Saints, has said, 
that it wouldn't take much. He actually hasn't said this. A source close to him has said this. It wouldn't take much at all to get Sean Payton, meaning to trade for Sean Payton, that, you know, that they don't think Mickey Loomis would hold back, would hold Sean Payton back from going somewhere or ask all that much in return at this point. One of the reasons why the Saints might consider doing it, moving Payton's contract would free up $40 million when Tom Benson, the owner, of course, his health in the future of ownership is in question. That money, along with the $25 million in cash and cap space that they get from Drew Brees departing, assuming Drew Brees goes to it at right. the same time. I assume if they trade Sean Payton, Drew Brees is going to go. I mean, I guess those guys are sort of joined at the hip yeah. in a lot of ways here. Um, and, then, and then the Saints would just blow it all up. That is the Saints blowing it up and starting anew. Right? Yeah. So what do you think about this? Well... It's interesting. I like the idea of trading coaches in general in yeah. all sports because it's kind of fun. So cool. It's pretty cool. Um, I I mean, Sean Payton has not done much for the team since Bounty Gate. Hmm. So Bounty Gate occurred. I mean, it occurred from 2009 to 2011, but Sean Payton's suspension was 2012. Yeah. So since 2012, here's how the Saints have done. I'd love to hear this. I thought, yeah. didn't they have a good year in 2013? Yeah, they had one good year. Okay. But this is, all right. So here's 2012. Uh, 2011, they were 13 and three. By the way, so great year. Yeah. 2012, seven and nine. Yeah, they started off really badly. 2013, 11 and five. Right. Good. 2014, seven and nine. 2015, seven and nine. What 2016, they they're currently six and eight. It's weird because they're sort of proving the old axiom incorrect that if you have a great quarterback, it's enough to get you to at least 500. And right. Better. So something that was lost in my notes, but is. Clearly true is Drew Brees had great years every oh, yeah. every one of those years. No question. He missed no more than two games any of those years. I mean, this is top ten quarterback of yep. all time, Drew Brees, right? right. Yeah. yeah, he is. And and he had great years all those years. So something's wrong. Either the GM is not putting the right pieces around Drew Brees or Sean Payton doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Because wow. Drew Brees is good. That was strong. Yeah. Well, let's let's break it down a little bit further. No. Okay. All right, go ahead. No, no, no. We don't have to. <laughs> Let's have them fake ads. <laughs> no, let's, no, let's go a little further with this. So the Saints' problem has often and long been their defense, right? The year they won the title, their defense, defense was really yeah. good. But in the in the last several years, they've been terrible. Thinking about Rob Ryan, for example, as their defensive coordinator and being so awful and so on and so forth. And Sean Payton's ultimately is an offensive coach. I mean, he's an offensive coordinator and is an offensive coach, and he happens to be the, the head coach. But that's number eight. I don't believe he's got a lot of uh, say in terms of what's going on defensively because I don't think he wants to because it's not his, yeah, his thing. Sure, that's fine. But And the offense has been good, but those numbers are inflated by the defense being so bad. It's a fair point, right? Because they're down by a million points all the time. They have to throw the ball. And I guess that's something we should think about with Drew Brees. Like Most of his hmm. career, his defense has been terrible. Yeah. So that really inflates his numbers. I mean... It does. I mean, Blake Bortles' defense has been pretty bad hit most of his career, too. His numbers aren't so inflated. Yeah. You know? I mean, Drew Brees, I'm not saying Drew Brees is as bad as Blake Bortles. I would never <laughs> consider that. I feel like that's what you were implying, but you no. weren't saying it directly. I wouldn't say that. But you're thinking it? No. You're, you're signing, is that, are you signing that to me right now? I'm just you trying to imagine it, what, product, what product should Blake Bortles promote. That's, that's the real question here. <laughs> is there any use? Is there, does anyone sell, like, sludge? For anything, I feel like it must be sold for something. <laughs> How about like. trash cans? So he can like <laughs> he can like throw he can print out all of his stats and yeah. throw them in the trash can. And they're like Jimmy's trash cans. Make can sure take anything you anything you don't. Nobody like. will sort through them <laughs> and find your stats. We take it. Yeah, whatever it is, even yeah. the worst, <laughs> which is Blake Bortles' yeah. stats. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yep. Um, 
but where were we? That was a near fake <laughs> ad. Yeah. Uh, so we, we were actually talking about uh, Sean, nah, Drew Brees. Yeah. I was going to say this. Drew Brees was also on the Chargers for a few years and was very good, and the team was very good. Mm. So I don't know that it's – and by the way, the Saints also were very good for a long time. So their defense wasn't terrible until the last, like, three years. Now nah, this is just kind of a side thought I had. I don't really think Drew Brees is not – Good. I think he's really great. But maybe it does call into some question what we came up with a few weeks ago that he was almost certainly a top ten quarterback. Maybe of all even time. top five. We thought he was at least in the discussion yeah. for that fifth spot. But maybe he's not because how bad his defense is. Yeah. Maybe not. Because like Joe Montana always had a good defense. You know who else had a good defense? Timmy Braley. Yeah, goddamn it. Yeah. Everyone loves that guy, Timmy. Braley. Can we just not talk about the Celtics or the Patriots ever again? <laughs> I almost brought the Celtics again when we were talking about the NBA and I, I held off. You're I appreciate. I really do appreciate that. <laughs> I know that's hard for you. <laughs> you know, it just everything relates, man. You like you read like the 48th most popular Celtics blog and every other Celtics blog that is more popular than that. So I, I'm sure it's hard for you. I read like two, two of them, and I'm on a Celtics podcast. That's it. Whatever. Sure. Who cares? No one cares. So uh, the uh, this, the word on the street is actually the Rams are probably most the likely as a destination. Although Gruden is also in play, apparently. For that, also the Chargers, because you know Sean Payton is from California originally, specifically Southern California, so the Chargers and the Rams both make some sense. Yeah, sure. Where should he go? What should these guys pay for him? Let's go. Uh, well, obviously, if what your report is is true. Yeah. I said is twice in a row, but no whatever. You're drunk. Uh, uh, it's probably not going to be much that they have to pay. But what should they pay and what will they pay? Okay, I'm going to guess what they will pay is yeah. something like a fourth round pick. Okay. Something like that. Sounds about right. What yeah. should they pay? If I'm I it's really hard to assess a coach. So like That's why trading but, coaches is so awesome. Right. But based on his recent record, maybe they shouldn't pay much. Yeah. But Sean Payton is the reason he's had his job and kept his job is because he had such success before that. Right, and they won yeah. the Super Bowl, and they had a bunch of good years. And now they're sort of like maybe they're planning on firing him anyway, so if they can get anything for him, they're just thrilled. Yeah, I mean, I would assume if it was assumed that Sean Payton was a really truly a good coach, and those those may be hard to find. Yeah, like maybe you should give like a a second round pick and a your second best wide receiver or something. Huh. You know, I think for what he, what he's been doing lately, he's probably worth like a third rounder in fairness, right? And they'll probably get him for cheaper than that, maybe like a fourth or a fifth, like you're saying. Um. It's weird because if you're the Saints and you have Drew Brees, I understand you're not winning games and all that, but why would you ship away one of the best quarterbacks in the league? I think why they're giving, they're giving up. They, they understand for another year. They man. understand that Brees' career is near nearing its end. It is. And they don't have the pieces around him to win a championship. No. So get everything you can. And don't pay Drew Brees $30 million a year anymore. But you can't get anything. You're not going to be able to trade Drew Brees. You're going to have to cut Drew Brees. Right, but you got $30 million that frees up. Which does what for you? What is $30 million going to do that's going to make your team good? You're going to sign LeBron James in free agency. Well, he's he's going to be such a good tight end. Yeah, Can yeah. you imagine? You throw the fade to him every time. You, I know. You but, cannot but stop can, him. Who's going to throw the fade if Drew Brees is on a, the Chargers It doesn't now. matter. Cody Kessler can get that shit done. No. It's fucking LeBron James. He's Cody. like so big. Also, LeBron James won't play for anyone but the Browns. Fine. He can play for the Browns, and he'll make the Browns win two games next year instead of zero. Hey, they're going to win a game. You, everyone, everyone will see. Okay. They're going to win a game. So uh, cool that he'll play for the Browns, but then that doesn't really do much for the $30 million that's freed up for Oh, he's going to cost way more than $30 million. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron James is going to be like $50 million a year yeah. to play football. 
He even said he wouldn't let his kids play football. Well, he's smart. Yeah. No one should let their kids play football. Agreed. Come on. Let's yeah. get it together, people. Right. These are your children. <laughs> you yeah. Only, you don't get to make more. of Well, I guess you do get to make more of them, but not the exact same ones that you already have. I said exact same, but I did it on purpose. No, you didn't. No, of course not. Who does that on purpose? All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back for a little Let the Drunk Fix It. Well, it's that time of the year again. Everything's ending. New Year's resolution's coming up. And still a little bit more, let the drunk fix it. Were you trying to depress people with that? What was that? <laughs> I don't like, know. Ah, every, everything's ending. <laughs> oh. Maybe it's good that things are ending. Maybe people are having a very bad time, and it's going to end, and they're forever. Because they're, of they'll the, be dead. Because the date changes? <laughs> yeah. Everything ends? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> some things end when the date changes, right? Like the month? And the year? Yeah, okay. they do. Okay, and the yeah. day, and right. I can come up with other things. It's not going to fix your problems, no matter what you tell yourself. You know what? Maybe it will this time. This is the time. I, I don't think. I don't think so. I don't just think so. wanted enough. In a romantic comedy, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Although maybe. only at the very end, like in the, at the beginning of this third act, ooh, everything's going to be no, really no, I mean, of course, at the beginning, it's like, this is going to be my year, and it's like four years later when it actually is their year, oh. right? You know? Yeah, and Meg Ryan. I, I mean, not anymore. Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> Jennifer Tilly? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Uh, so in case you're one of the newer listeners, Let the Drunk Fix It is the time when I spin problems to Grant, and he tries to knock them out of the park. Explain how you're going to spin the problem <laughs> oh, to me. They're going to find out. Explain I spin the, the way process. A DJ, the way a DJ spins records, yo. How was that? Was that good? Mm-hmm. Thank you. The um, youths really enjoyed that. The youths. That's how you got you. the youths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I can you explain to me, by the way, before we get into everything else, because sure. you're younger than I am. You're significantly younger than I am, right? You're like I a, am four years you're old. You're a baby. I'm not. Explain this whole DJ thing. How does a DJ get paid all this money to make uh, to play other people's music now? Ex- how does that work? I don't know. Okay, because I just don't get that. <laughs> right, just checking. Know. I got all of our DJ listeners. Them. We have we don't Sweet have we don't us. yet have resident scientists except for the physicists. We need a resident DJ for oh, sure. Oh man, I am ready for that. If we if we we were talking about doing drunk sports live actually. Yeah. Which still might happen but is looking a little bit less likely. We're having some venue issues. Sure. But man, having a DJ for that, it's like Jimmy Fallon, you know, with the roots. It's yeah, it's like Jimmy <laughs> Fallon with the roots. That's what I was thinking. How did you take those words right out of my mouth? That's amazing. Jonathan's coughing now. It's okay. Woo, fantastic. Yeah. So if you have suggestions for Let the Drunk Fix It, or by the way, for f- products that we should do fake ads about, or just topics in general for the show, we are at Drunk Sports Show, so tweet at us. Yeah. Don't be afraid. You can hashtag your fixes, LTDFI, if you want. It makes it a little easier to find. But whatevs, we'll get them. So here we go. Number one. You ready? Number one. Shall we begin? Yeah. Listener Thomas Shimamoto Oh, second time. Second time. Good job, Thomas. Yeah. He tweeted at us. Of course, we're at Drunk Sports Show. This. Fix watching NFL games in person. Not great views. Lots of inaction and stoppages. Usually better to watch on TV at home. Totally agree. I think we've, yes. we've talked about this plenty of times where we some, somehow it comes up and you and I both think, well, why would I do that where right. there's red zone at home and there's you know, actual views of the game and you can see what's happening. Also, unless you're in San Diego or Dallas or something like that, it's often very cold and uncomfortable getting in and out of the stadium. Sometimes takes hours. It's expensive. 
it's so much nicer just to sit back and get all the great camera views and stuff like that from your couch. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw a couple darts at the board here. Let's see all what right. happens. Let's see what happens. Okay, so one, you know how you get a program when you go to a live sporting event? Absolutely. Yeah, you get the players and stuff. Yeah. Um, some sort of advertisement, whatever. So when when you get the program for the NFL game, especially if you're in shitty seats, mm-hmm. maybe they even tailor it to the seats. But if you're in seats that aren't very good, you get a program, and on the front of the program, instead of like one of the most famous players or anything like that, and it says, "Remember, if you're not enjoying the game, at least you don't have to be listening to Phil Sims right now." Wow. Yeah. So that's just a slam on Phil. Yeah, it's just a slam on <laughs> Phil Sims. Like Phil Sims is a dummy, right? Like maybe not really a dummy, but the way he talks about football is insanely dumb. I would just say to anyone who's questioning why Grant would be saying that, get on your Google machine. Type in shit Phil Sim says and hit enter and see what comes up. It's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. So, I, I don't know if that's a huge fix. It's but not it's a huge fix, minor. but it's a way to remind you when yes. you're at the stadium that you're not having to listen to that. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of our intelligent fans who are also NFL fans are watching football on Sunday sometimes and listening to people like Phil Sims or Phil Sims himself yeah. say things and just being like, what, uh, what the fuck? Give me that guy's job. Like... This guy is saying nothingness. He's saying meaningless things. It's weird that he gets to do the Super Bowl every three years. That's the thing I don't get. Yeah, like, it's pretty bad. Why? Why? He was a famous quarterback. Yes. There were many famous quarterbacks, though. Why does Phil Sims get to be the guy who talks? Yeah, it should. I mean, like, Troy Aikman was a famous quarterback. He's much better at the commentary he than is. Phil Sims. He is. Much better. I guess him and Joe Buck are probably the best. Is that fair to say? No Joe, one's really that good. As but. a combo? I mean, I yeah. like uh, Al Michaels-Chris Collinsworth combo. That's... Actually, you know what? They're pretty good. Yeah, they're, they're pretty, pretty good. good. You know the only thing that bothers me about them? What? Al Michaels' ego. Oh, because he has to have the, the the ego shot early on? The vanity opening shot every time. It's just Al. Chris Collinsworth, stay out of the thing. And then Chris Collinsworth comes in. That's ridiculous. No one else does that. Right. Okay. Anyway, back to uh, the So, NFL okay. Games. Other ways to make it more enjoyable to go to live NFL games. Yeah. Because so far, we don't have a whole lot. Right. It's, <laughs> we really <laughs> All don't. All we have is Phil Sims is not in your ear. That's it. All right. Okay. So, this is going to really change the way teams play games. That's great. But it'll happen in the first quarter. All okay. right. So, in the first quarter of every game, this is going to be required by the NFL or else the home team would never do it. And, you know, Belichick might still refuse because that guy is just a dick. Uh, so in the first quarter of every game, there's four plays that might be called on an offensive play. And there's like uh, who wants to be a millionaire style things at every seat where people get to like vote on stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so every fan gets to vote on which play is called. Mm-hmm. So you get to vote on which play is called, and then a random seat will get chosen, and that seat gets to choose the play. So it's like... So you're not really voting. It's no. just a lottery. Right. I think it should be voting. Okay, voting. voting fine. Better, yeah. Whoever whatever wins, that, but that could be corrupted too easily. <laughs> Why? Why would it be corrupted? I mean, I, if, you, oh, if it's like in San Diego and a lot of Raiders fans show up? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Maybe you have to declare your affili- your your affiliation though. So that means if you if you're trying to sabotage the Chargers, you don't get to vote for Raiders place. Right. So then maybe you're like, I just want. I mean, I gotta vote for my team. Yeah. Maybe. maybe so. I don't know if that's enough. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's, that's a cool. That's a cool, interesting idea. At least let the fans participate in coaching. You know, because fans and us are always criticizing coaching. Yeah. You might as well participate. See how it goes. Hey, um, 
I mean, I had a thought in terms of participation, which is spurred right. on by this, this thing ahead. you're saying, which is um, maybe let fans play just a little bit and none of the dangerous positions, but maybe let them kick. What, if, what if all kicking was done by fans only? Randomly chosen <laughs> fans. Well, that would affect the game quite a bit. It would affect things, yeah, but like yeah. everyone knows that already, so you don't expect a whole so lot of So nobody your ever kicks a field goal. Well, or an extra point. You're not allowed to go for two. <laughs> you have to go for <laughs> okay. extra points. Because now an extra point is an interesting thing to watch. It didn't yeah. used to be. That's why you know we changed I mean, it. I think it would be well, it well, it'd be well under 50%. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. And you'd move it much closer. No, teams would basically – it would be a bonus point. It wouldn't be an extra point anymore. Like, we right. did it. We got seven. It's a miracle. You know, yeah. People would, but it would be very exciting. You know you had a chance to, like, actually kick a field goal on national TV or kick an extra point on national TV. That could be pretty great. And if yeah. you maybe, maybe the team gets to decide if – if they want to, they can keep someone for the whole game and not just once if they're good. Ah, yeah. nah. Every, it's always randomly chosen. How about that? How about that? Or is it random or does the coach sort of like look around in the audience and like pick people? You know, like. No, because that could be rigged too. That'd be really easily rigged. Yeah, right. that's very easy to rig. Okay, fair enough. Robbie uh, Gold, what are you doing watching this game? Yeah, I'm fake Robbie. Yeah, that's. I mean, to be fair, Thomas came up with a really good problem because it's hard to fix. You know, yeah. there's. When you're in the corner of an NFL stadium, like, it's. Not good. You can't really see what's going on. No, you really can't. And by the way, something I was thinking about that's slightly problematic with the everyone voting thing is wouldn't usually everyone vote for the most exciting play? Yeah. So they're just going to vote for like the deep pass, right? No one's ever going to vote for like a run up the middle unless maybe it's first and goal on the one. But otherwise, they want to see the big play. I would, you know, like I want Brady to throw deep. Let's go. Yeah. You know, I'm never going to call a run play. Personally. Right. But that doesn't right. mean, you know, but giving people a chance to participate is a good idea. All right. Here's, here's an idea. Okay. There's a raffle at the beginning of the game when you come into the game. Okay. And there's three winners. And at halftime, the winners get to launch a catapult that has a, a fiery fireball on it. And okay. you, you launch it into a wall. That's all you <laughs> <laughs> So, so you win the raffle. You get to go down to the field. There's a catapult that somebody who is good at building catapults has built. Yeah. And there's a giant ball that is made of resin or something that lights on fire easily. Some guy lights it on fire. And you get to pull the thing and launch the catapult i don't know if that's gonna do it it doesn't sound wildly different from a lot of normal no. halftime activities i mean you that's get to launch a, a better fireball. version of half-time. yeah i mean but like people like the idea of like you know competitions where they can win like cars and fifty thousand dollars and this is a version of that you get right? to launch a, a fireball right i mean you get to do that instead yeah. right which is kind of cool all right I'm going to fail at this one. I, I, I can't fix okay, it. Okay. First of all, the idea of participation is great. And okay. That's smart, and I like that. Okay. I have some thoughts. All right. How about if we – okay, this is also going to be a, a multi-year project, what I'm coming up with here, okay? Okay. But one of the reasons why it sucks to go to the game right now is there's too many people at the game, so the seats aren't good. It's hard to get in. It takes forever to get in. It takes forever to get out, things like that. What if the stadiums were much smaller? Well, we have many less people at the game. Obviously, the NFL would never go for that. Sure they or would. Or the owners. Sure they would. Why? We just char- they just charge a lot more for a ticket. Oh, so only the super rich can go into the NFL game? Look at you, Mr. Oligarch. Oh, I will spend $4,400 for the worst ticket I, in the stadium the prob- because I am Jonathan Levy and I have a top hat. The problem we were asked to solve was not allow for you know middle and lower income 
families to watch NFL games. It was to make going I'm to just the NFL telling, I'm saying what a problem is for your thing. By the way, people who don't have a lot of money can't really afford to go to NFL games now. Right. Parking's but, very expensive. The tickets are expensive. The food is crazy expensive. Everything's expensive. Yeah, you're, you're going down a slippery slope, buddy. You're like, yeah, oh, the income gap is already big, so <laughs> who cares if it gets bigger? No big fucking deal. It's fine. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. But just bear with me. Maybe we could do this. Just like they do in the NBA stadiums now. You know, NBA, the NBA has it set up where they can charge a crazy amount for most of their seats, but the upper rim of the bowl is always the cheap seats, like $10 seats. And stuff right, like because that. there's 41 home games each year. They're yeah. far less popular. If they were as popular as NFL games were, which were only eight home games a year, yeah. they would never charge a small amount for those seats. I don't know if that's entirely true. In New York City, I think they would. No, because economics is all about scarcity, yeah. right? So there would be a lot more scarcity if there were fewer games. Of course there would. And if there was demand. But I'm saying that the teams are already giving up money right now for that same reason, right? They're giving up a huge... So they charge more to the people who have the nicer seats than they're charging now. And they charge... But they still have some cheap seats. You don't have a lot of cheap seats, but you have some cheap seats. Why are you fighting me on the economics of this? Why because you I'm going to fight you on every fucking point. <laughs> like this, That's why. Like, like you're, is, you're the oligarch. You, you're one of the 18 rulers of the land, and well, you're, you're saying, I, don't, I want let me the poor you. people. Okay. I want the poor out of my stadium. Let me they ask. smell bad. That's what you're saying. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Though. Okay. If you could go to a stadium that, that's at 300 people, and there was two NFL teams playing, that would be awesome, right? Yeah. That would be incredible. Yeah, that would be cool. I want to go to that, right? Yeah. That'd be cool. I would go see that, even on, a, even on a Sunday, a red zone Sunday. I yeah. would go see that game. Yeah. Okay. So that looks cool. like we're solving the problem. That would that that is a form of a solution. Yeah. But I'd like to point out. Yeah. You're a horrible person. By, <laughs> by the way, you've been saying this entire time how terrible it is to go to NFL games and how much better it is to watch on TV. So everyone can still watch on TV. We're not taking that away from them. We're just making. Is there room for better. a cameraman in your golden <laughs> palace? Um. Yeah. They. They. We need cameramen. Yeah. Maybe robot cameramen though, because you you don't have to worry about them. You know, they don't smell up the place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. I'm glad your position is clear. I'm just saying. Thank you for making your position very I, clear. I would be very excited to get tickets because they'd be very expensive otherwise, but free tickets because we're, you know, the drunk sports guys. Oh, yeah. We got so, press passes. <laughs> <laughs> come on down. Yeah. We need you guys to see like, an NFL game where there's only like 400 people there. The views would be amazing. It'd be yeah. super fun. Getting in and out would be easy, you know, and I just wouldn't order any food because it'd be very expensive. <laughs> okay, good. Just between us. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not yeah, bad. That's my solution. All right, we got anything else on this? Uh, no, I feel I feel kind of blank on that one. Okay. So Thomas stumped me a little bit. All right. Well, good thing I was here to save. Yeah. The day. Thank you. Thank you. No probs. Okay. Here's one that's come up recently: the Houston Rockets, who we were just talking about yeah. in an earlier segment. James Harden has a beard. He does, and yeah. that's the problem. What okay. are we going to do about James Harden's beard? All right, go. So you shave it. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Yeah. All right, next. No, that was obviously not yeah. the problem. So the Houston Rockets jacked up 61 threes the other day. Mm -hmm. And although you said it was fun to watch, I actually argue that it's not fun to watch. And I think okay. a lot of people would agree that watching people bomb away from three-point range all the time, actually you lose a lot of the fun of the three because it's not special anymore. It's really normal. And, in fact, you lose a lot of the athleticism of the game because you don't see people going to the hoop as much, right? Right. So fix that. Fix these teams taking too many threes in the NBA. Go. All right. I got something here. Okay. All right. So 
the reason let, let, let's start at the core here. Good. The reason that teams take more threes and layups is because those are the highest expected value shots. Correct. Like if you're going to take a number and put it on what that shot is worth, of course it depends on who the shooter is, but you just take an amalgam of everything. Layups and three point shots are worth the most points over time. No doubt. Right. So we have to make a new expected value high shot, like a shot that's at least comparable to a three-point shot in expected value. Maybe nice. even comparable to a corner three. Okay. Right? That somehow makes it so it's worth taking that shot. And that shot is fun to see because usually they don't make it. Right? Like, it's like, it's a it's a <laughs> long fucking shot and it's bad. Oh, but if okay. But if you do a hundred iterations of it, it actually right. is worth the same amount as a three. So it's like worth a huge amount of points. Right. It's like, it's like an eight-pointer from on your side of the court. Right. Or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Steph Curry might only take eight-pointers. You know, it gets okay, weird. so what if we make eight point? So, so you're shooting anything from your side of the court is an eight pointer. How about that? Wow. Yeah, that would change things. I think. Right. So there are some players like Damian Lillard likes to shoot from not half court, but not too far Close. away from half court. Steph Curry certainly feels like he can hit that some of the time, right? That's really interesting. Maybe also people would start to develop that skill if there's right. if it's being rewarded, right? Right, and maybe eight is not the right number. We haven't done the math yeah. on this, obviously. No, we haven't not but, yet. And you'd also you would have to compile a lot of study. Like we'd do a study and do some data on like how frequently people actually hit the eight pointers or whatever. Well, yeah, that, that's how you figure yeah. out the expected value, right? For sure. So, but there's no data on that, obviously. Right, like that's not out there. So. What it's probably somewhere between seven and eleven is my guess would be the right number for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might so, be, it might be more than eight, but eight is a reasonable guess. Anyway, yeah, for sure. Okay, that's a cool idea. Do you have more to say about that? You look like you're no. Go ahead. Say. Oh, I was going to say, I think in addition to that, it's time for the NBA to move the three point line back a bit. I know they've you, experimented really? with the line before. What about corner threes? Then it's like you just camp out in the corner. Uh, no, you expand the court, or you don't have corner threes anymore. Like the, oh, like no corner The threes. line actually like goes out of bounds earlier than a corner three. That's fair. Yeah. but Because um, corner threes are too good. They're yeah. just too good right now. And it takes away, I think, some of the fun of watching basketball. Now, I know in the beginning it isn't. But like as someone who watches a lot of NBA and I like watching it, it's a little bit less exciting watching teams playing for the three all the time. Like It's a two-on-one transition. And watching guys line up for the three and take a three every time feels like some of the joy and awesomeness of basketball is a little bit lost, honestly. Right. I think the real core component here is... We need to add maybe it's not just one, but we need to add more, more point levels. Like yeah, we only have two. It. It's only twos and threes. Yep, it's and, not, and now, and the court now. is ninety four feet long. We right. only use like twenty one feet of it to decide how many points something is worth. Why is a ninety foot shot worth the same as a twenty two foot shot? That's crazy. Yeah, but but a twenty one foot shot is different than a twenty two. So maybe shot. it's not just the eight point shot. We yeah. have zones. Let's have lots of zones. Yeah. I'm into this. All right, and we could every year they could change based on expected value, so that way the zones stay about the same. So that way every yeah. shot is worth about the same. So that way each team just plays to their strengths, and that's it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, we got zones. How are we going to... Now, if we're really cool... <laughs> How cool are we, though? We're going to try and be really cool. Like Marlon Brando? Is he cool? Like, at, like... Stella! Like that? No, no, no. Like, in the score when he's fat? I mean, he's always fat. <laughs> no. Have you seen The Godfather? Is he fat in The Godfather? He is kind of fat in The Godfather. No, he's he, not. He's not fat in A Streetcar Named Desire. But he's pretty fat in The Godfather. Come on. What are you talking about? He's not fat in The Godfather. Are you serious right now? Are you? Yes. I don't really remember. Watch The I, Godfather Part 1 and tell me Marlon Brando's he's thin? fat. He's not fat. Well, I mean, he's chubby, right? No, he is not. Pudgy. No. You call him pudgy. No. Big boned? No. <laughs> like a little a little too much weight, though, right? Like he needs to like work out. Nope. 
Really? Nope. I think you're wrong. He looks totally fine. We're gonna look this. He looks up. like a like a sixty year old man with a mustache who is in decent shape. Like Henry Fonda. I don't. Is that the guy from Fonzie? No. Who's Henry Fonda? You know who Jane Fonda is? Yeah. It's her father. He's the star of Twelve Angry Men. Um, many other fantastic movies. Failsafe from the uh, what? The, like the fifties? Yeah. Sixties. No, yeah. Marlon Brando looks exactly like that guy. <laughs> nice. He was in On Golden Pond. Won an Oscar, I think, for it. Oh, the pond. On Golden No, I call it the punt. Okay. Because, you know, I watch it so often. (laughs) I I don't want to waste the words, you know. I'm like, hey, I'm going to watch the punt. Don't ask me what I'm talking about. He plays Jane Fonda's father in that. Oh, does he? And he, in fact, is Jane Fonda's father. So it's That's amazing. Yeah. So it's easy to act. I don't even respect that acting. It's too easy. (laughs) He's super skinny. I'll tell you that. Okay. So he's acting well in that way, right? Good. He's pulling it off the skinny guy. Yeah, he's skinny. How did we get to this? Marlon Brando. Yes, and where were we just before that? What are we zones? Even, what are we forgot fixing? the zones? We're the NBA. Yeah. Okay, thank God. Um, so, what if we had uh, courts that were sort of had electronics underneath them? So the court was sort of a little bit alive, and so the zones actually could change on a night-to-night basis. You could, like, based on what? It. Based on you know the math of the NBA. No, because that would favor certain players. I think it has to be the for for each individual season. It has to be the same. Maybe okay. they'll change it over time, but every court has to be the same. What if? Okay, why? How, in what way do you think it would favor certain players? Why, why would it that? change? It changes based on what the general percentages are as yeah. it goes. So like so that way, like we find out. Oh, an eight point shot is actually the best shot by a lot because, because we've been a month right, in. Here's so a really good it. reason not to do that. Good. Be- because of the individual player statistics at the end of the year. Ah, that's true. Yeah, like you're you're fucking up some people by changing that. You have to know who's like actually the best at the thing that they did for 82 times, right? Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, I kind of like the chaos of changing it up, but I hear you. I'm I think cool that's too that. much. Also, I just want to see, you know, the arena floor change. Well, I want to see it morph. Maybe that's for a different Let the Drunk Fix It, but okay. for now we're going to have the normal two-pointers and three-pointers, and then once you get to about 35 feet, that's zone one, and that's worth something. And then zone two is another eight feet back and so on. Well, wait a second. I mean, oh, okay. So, like, between – I think we should move the three-pointer back anyway a little bit. But we move it back. I'm just going to say, for me, like, 24 feet. Then between 24 and, like, 33 is worth three points or something. Then between, like, 33 and half court is worth, like, four. Or maybe a little less than that. You know, another 10 feet is four. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm losing it. We have no idea. Yeah, I don't Like, wanna, we have no let's idea. Not, let's not map out the whole floor. We I have guess. no idea how <laughs> – how to actually like we need like a team of people we need like a big group of a think tank you know and, like, we need figure this all out we need some scientists well you know we need some more resident scientists we need one we that... haven't heard from any resident scientists oh it's painful we have not we have that's not. fucked up you know that you know the what kind, kind of that, a world do we live in you know the kind that i'm most upset about not hearing from what a pastronomist pastronomist yeah i want a pastronomist to get can you imagine how good your pastrami sandwich would be oh. if you had a pastronomist i would guess all deli meats would be better but especially the pastronomist. but don't you think the pastronomist would slightly resent using any other deli meat when they made the sandwich i don't know like does an astronomist get upset if they're it, asked First of all, the reason pastronomist <laughs> came up in the first time is because astronomist is not a word. Not at all a word. Fine, fine, yes. Okay, does a physicist... You can just say astronomer, the actual <laughs> word you were trying to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is good times. Does, a, <laughs> does an astronomer get upset if someone asks him to do, like, basic math? Yeah. I don't think that's You're like, true. fuck off. Go find a high school teacher. <laughs> what am I? A freaking calculator? Yeah. I'm better than that. Yeah. Uh, I don't, don't I, you have an iPhone, you piece of shit? I think, <laughs> I, think, 
I think a, a pastronomist would be happy because it's still in the deli meat family. Like if you ask the guy to make you like, borscht, are you saying there's not? If you ask him to make borscht, he's going to be upset. Are you telling me that there are only pastronomists and there aren't scientists that are <laughs> dedicated to the other deli meats? By the way, <laughs> don't you think they would have a rivalry? Is it is it pastronomist or pastronomer? It's for sure pastronomist. It's got to be right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what if what about like the what's the, the turkey guy called? The the turkologist. <laughs> good enough. Yeah, turkologist. It sounds like someone who's you got the ham burglarist for ham for ham. Okay, good. Yeah. It's kind of confusing that one. It is a little bit confusing. Yeah. That's that's. It's not my it. fault. It's science. <laughs> it's totally science. Yeah. Just like you know, astronomy and astrology. You know, like if you don't know, you'd think maybe they were similar. Yeah, They're not really very similar. No, no. One based in mathematics, one not. No, just saying. Not not based in mathematics. <sighs> anyway, I was so, like, I feel like doing this show sometimes just like diving into a nice cool pool. You know, it's very refreshing. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> I feel great. Okay, you got anything else you want to say? Uh, no. I feel like we've done it once again, sir. We did something. I'm interested. Uh, something to think about for the next uh, show, which is, of course, going to take place in January 2017. Right. What your New Year's resolutions are. My New Year's resolutions. Yeah. I don't want to know them right now. No one cares. It's I mean, early. it's so obvious. Really? Yeah. What is it? Get resident scientists. Oh, okay. Like, get all of How the many? resident scientists. All of them? Is that five? We said we wanted five. We want five. And they have to be on call, too. Like, Well, what else? It's, I mean, one in the morning, and then it's just a scientist. It's not a resident. It's one in the morning, and I'm thinking about how long it takes for a certain type of plant in the jungle to grow, and I want to fucking know. Yeah, the resident biologist better be ready to answer my questions. Yeah, in fact, what I really want these guys to do, much like Google now does, is anticipate my questions before I ask them. That I would want, be great. Yeah, yeah, I want to. I want them to pick up the phone already beginning to answer the question they think I'm going to ask. That would be amazing. So you want precognitive scientists? No, I just no, I want them to be super smart and they'll figure it out. That's not precog. That's pre-cognitive. I think I think you're saying they're smart enough that they are precognitive. At least the general public would see that as precognitive. Yes, but but you know, but as- you know it's actually because they have some sort of <laughs> algorithm running in their head like essentially that tells them exactly what's going to happen. You know, science yeah. science is indistinguishable from magic, right? To um, the primitive mind, right? Right. This show is about sports. Great stuff. All right, we're going to Say sayonara. (laughs) We'll see you in two weeks.